Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is the book of Jude. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this book, we pray that we would love your truth, that we would desire truth rather than trying to justify ourselves in whatever direction we want to go. We pray that we would be holy to you, that you would give us your truth and keep us from evil. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Jude. Jude, a slave of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called, loved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ, may mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Dear friends, although I was making every effort to write to you concerning our common salvation, I considered it a necessity to write to you to encourage you to contend for the faith delivered once and for all to the saints. For certain men have slipped in stealthily, who were designated long ago for this condemnation, ungodly ones, who change the grace of our God into licentiousness, and who deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now, I want to remind you, although you know everything once and for all, that Jesus, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, the second time destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep to their own domain but deserted their proper dwelling place, he has kept in eternal bonds under deep gloom for the judgment of the great day, as Sodom and Gomorrah and the towns around them indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, in the same way as these, are exhibited as an example by undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. Despite that, in the same way also these men, because of their dreams, defile the flesh and reject authority and blaspheme majestic beings. But Michael the archangel, when he argued with the devil, disputing concerning the body of Moses, did not dare to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these persons blaspheme all that they do not understand, and all that they understand by instinct, like irrational animals, by these things they are being destroyed. Woe to them, for they have traveled in the way of Cain, and have given themselves up to the error of Balaam for gain, and have perished in the rebellion of Korah. These are the ones feasting together without reverence, hidden reefs at your love feasts, caring for themselves, waterless clouds carried away by winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea foaming up their own shameful deeds, wandering stars for whom the deep gloom of darkness has been reserved for eternity. And Enoch, the seventh from Adam, also prophesied about these people, saying, Behold, the Lord came with tens of thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment against all and to convict all the ungodly concerning all their ungodly deeds that they have committed in an ungodly way and concerning all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These people are grumblers, discontented, proceeding according to their desires, and their mouths speaking pompous words, showing partiality to gain an advantage. But you, dear friends, remember the words proclaimed beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, 
For they said to you, In the end time there will be scoffers following according to their own ungodly desires. These are the ones who cause divisions, worldly, not having the Spirit. But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up in your most holy faith, by praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God, looking forward to the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life, and have mercy on those who doubt, and save others by snatching them from the fire, and have mercy on others with fear, hating even the tunic stained by the flesh. Now to the one who is able to protect you from stumbling and make you to stand before his glory, blameless, with exultation, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, power, and authority before all time, and now, and for all eternity. Amen. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. The letter from Jude starts similar to other letters in the New Testament. Jude calls himself a slave of Jesus Christ and brother of James. The best guess is that the James mentioned here is the one who wrote the book of James, and the best guess is that that James was the brother of Jesus. So likely this Jude was also a brother of Jesus, but he doesn't mention that. So he would not be an apostle but likely would have seen Jesus after his resurrection. Jude isn't specific about where the Christians were located that he was writing to. He just calls them the called, the loved, and the kept. As is typical in New Testament letters, he gives a prayer for them. Verse 2, May mercy and peace and love be multiplied to you. Then he gets into the reason he is writing. He says that he intended to write to them about salvation, but he decided that it was more important to write to them to fight for the truth against the false teaching. Jude says that there are people in the church who are not godly and are trying to turn the grace of God into a license to sin. He says they deny Jesus. We don't get a lot of detail about these false teachers, but Jude is very similar to parts of Second Peter. It also seems like there is some similarity with the false teachers that John warns about in 1 John. And really, false teachers in general suggest that it's okay to sin, at least in certain areas. And they attack Jesus in various ways because Jesus shows how to live properly, which they do not like. Jude goes on to say that God knows how to punish the wicked and save the righteous. He gives the example of God saving his people from Egypt, but punishing those who didn't believe him in the desert. Jude says God is keeping angels in bonds waiting for the judgment day those angels who disobey God by leaving their proper place. He reminds us of how God punished Sodom and Gomorrah. Jude says that these false teachers not only are sinning in their flesh, but they are also speaking against majestic beings. Most likely they are speaking against God, but then Jude mentions Michael the archangel, so perhaps they were saying things that were not true about angels as well. Jude says that Michael, powerful as he is, did not dare to pronounce judgment against Satan. So if Michael wasn't willing to take God's place of judgment, even against Satan, as much trouble as he has caused, then what should men say about beings they don't understand? Jude says these men are like animals. They are like Cain and Balaam and Korah. Cain hated his righteous brother and killed him. Balaam wanted to curse God's people to make money, 
and Korah wanted power and authority over God's people, so he spoke against Moses. Jude says that these people are hidden reefs at your love feasts. In other words, they are in the congregation, hiding, ready to wreck someone's ship. The love feasts may be a reference to communion, but it may have also included a larger meal. Jude quotes from Enoch about how God will judge the ungodly and says that this judgment applies to these false teachers who just want to fulfill their own desires. Jude says that Jesus and the apostles said that men like this would come. He suggests several things that they should do to guard against this false teaching, building up their faith, praying, staying in the love of God, and looking forward to Jesus coming. Jude suggests that different people will need different responses. Not everyone is the false teacher, but some are following the false teacher and need to be rescued. So some are doubting and just need mercy. Others need to be snatched from the fire. And some have really been damaged by this teaching and we need to have fear when trying to rescue them. Jude ends reminding them that God can take care of them by giving a prayer of praise to God. And now for a deeper dive. The book of Jude is a tough book. He speaks out very harshly against false teachers. But perhaps the hardest part of the book is the tough questions it raises in our minds about what makes a book inspired scripture. The first issue is the similarity to parts of 2 Peter. So did Jude copy Peter, or did Peter copy Jude? Or did they both copy from a third source? We don't really know. Some people might say that the Holy Spirit just inspired them both to write similar words. That is possible. But the Holy Spirit does an amazing job of using the personality of the person writing to do the writing. So that while the whole Bible is inspired and has the personality of God in every part, it comes through the personality of the people writing each part. That is an amazing thing that is beyond my understanding. In the Old Testament, we find parts that are the same in different books. I'm thinking about parts of Kings and Chronicles, especially. In those cases, it seems clear that they were copying parts from a third source that we no longer have today, but they would say something like, Are they not written in the scroll of the events of the days of the kings of Israel? So clearly, they were indicating that they had pulled some information from this other source. The idea of plagiarism wasn't known in those days. They didn't have copyright ideas in those days. So if Peter or Jude found some thoughts that they wanted to include in the other's letters, it wasn't a problem to anyone. The other issue in the book of Jude takes more thought. Jude quotes from some books that were written in Old Testament times, but that were not included in the Old Testament. So how do we know which books should be in or out of the Bible? The short answer is that God's people have wrestled long over those decisions, and what we have preserved is the result of those wrestlings. My opinion is that we should accept what has been handed down to us as a result and trust that the Holy Spirit worked to preserve for us exactly what he wanted us to have. And just like the Holy Spirit used people to write the words, he used people to preserve the words and to keep the words out, the words that he didn't intend to include. So then, if Jude is quoting words from books that the Holy Spirit chose not to preserve for us, what do we do with that? Well, the first thing that we should understand is that just because something isn't included in the Bible doesn't mean it isn't true. It just may not be necessary for us. 
The Roman Catholic Bible includes some additional Old Testament books that the Protestant Bible does not. And some of the things in those books are true, I believe. But I don't think they are necessary for us. And there are lots of other things that were written by Jews throughout the years that were perfectly true. But we don't have them today, such as the parts that were not quoted from the scroll of the events of the days of the kings of Israel. Beyond that, it may be that these false teachers were using some of these extra writings to teach what they wanted to teach. So perhaps Jude is saying, you like First Enoch? Here is what First Enoch says about you. I've given you a few thoughts, but if you want to dig deeper into how we got the Bible we have today, there are many good books that discuss the process. I think the important thing is for us to love the truth wherever it takes us not to want to justify whatever we want to do and find a way to justify it. May we love the truth. Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.